Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Upvoted No Sleep, where OP Mr. Beef Thighs writes, Everyone has a scary night once in a while. After staying up too late reading scary movies, a horror movie, or even just spending the night in an unfamiliar place, you'll lie awake in bed staring into the darkness around you, zeroing in on every creak that sounds like a footstep, on every shadow that looks like a man standing in the corner of the room. Eventually, you'll muster the courage to close your eyes and turn your back on that shadow but there was a moment where you thought it might have moved. Not much, just a small flinch, but you could have sworn. I had one of those nights a few weeks ago. I had just moved into a new house and had not yet gotten used to all the creaks and bumps the old house made in the night, in addition to the new patterns of the shadows that splashed across my bedroom when the lights went out. Lying in bed, trying to sleep, I heard a bump. So I turned over in bed to look in its direction, and there in the corner of the room was an unfamiliar shadow. It looked almost as if there was someone crouching behind the armchair that rest in the corner of my room. I could almost make out through the darkness a section of the shadow that was a little bit lighter than the rest of the darkness around it. Well, like we usually do in these situations, my imagination went wild. Was it a hand grasping the top of the chair in anticipation of leaping out towards me? Was it a forehead and an eyeball peeking out from behind the chair to see if I had noticed? I held my breath for a few moments as my mind raced through the thousand different things that could have been hiding behind my reading chair. A few moments later, the horror passed, and I rolled back over in bed and tried to get some more sleep. It was probably just a shirt I had thrown onto the chair while unpacking some of the boxes I had left from the move. So I closed my eyes. Another bump. My head flew off the pillow, my arm shot for the light switch. I flipped the light on and whipped my head around towards the chair, halfway bracing myself for whatever was surely barreling its way towards me. And there was nothing there. Just a regular ratty armchair. I didn't have a shirt draped over the back of it like I had previously hypothesized. I didn't like that. But nonetheless, there wasn't anything in here with me. I could see the whole room from where I sat in bed. A dresser small bookshelf, an armchair, and a nightstand. The closet was already opened and I could see it was empty. My bed was just a mattress on the floor since I hadn't gotten my bed frame yet. There was no place to hide. My imagination was getting the best of me. So to make myself feel a little bit better, I got up and I locked my door. Then I went into my closet and I grabbed a toy wooden sword I had gotten at the Renaissance Fair, and I leaned it against the door, just in case someone got past the lock somehow the sword would fall on the hardwood floors and wake me up. Only then did I crawl back in bed and close my eyes. 
Yeah, I was being super paranoid. Just one of those nights. But then I woke up some time later, to a sharp poke on my back, and then a whispering voice. Are you Phil Lockerbie? Half asleep, I murmured. What on earth? Pretty certain I was still in a dream. Another poke jabbed at my lower back, followed by another question, this time slightly louder. Is your name Phil Lockerbie? I rolled over in bed and reached for the light switch. Don't turn on the lights, shouted a voice from the darkness. Click. Standing at my bedside was a seven-foot-tall figure wrapped in a black robe. The skinless face under the black hood was bright red and dripped with blood that seemed to evaporate before it hit the ground. The hands that poked out of the sleeves of the robe were also skinless and dripped that same cherry-red blood that vanished before it made contact with the ground. It was holding my toy sword. I was too afraid to move, too afraid to speak or make any sort of sound. I was completely paralyzed with fear. And then the figure opened its mouth. Usually people scream, so this is a nice surprise. Thanks for that. Is your name Phil Lockerbie? I peed myself. Oh, man. The bleeding man pointed at the growing stain on my bedsheets with the wooden sword. That is so embarrassing. Finally, I got my vocal cords to start working again. Who are you? The bleeding man swung the sword around a few times in mock combat. I've asked you the same question three times now, and you still haven't answered. But yeah, sure I'll answer yours first. Some people call me Javariah. Some people call me San La Muerte. Some call me King Yama or Ayal. I think most people in this part of the world call me the Grim Reaper. But you can call me Scott. Are you Phil Lockerbie? What on earth? Was the only thing I could think to say then. Are you here to kill me? Scott stopped swinging the sword and looked directly at me. His eyes were two burning coals in the black shadow beneath his hood. Is your name Phil Lockerbie? I shook my head. No. Ah. Scott stamped his foot angrily, then turned back to me. You never saw me. Then he disappeared through my floor as if a trap door had opened up beneath him. The wooden sword clattered to the floor where he once stood. I sat in my pea-soaked bed for another ten minutes, wondering if I was still dreaming or if I had suffered a complete mental breakdown. Right as I was about to get up to change my pants and bedsheets, my bedroom door swung open. And Scott walked right back into my bedroom, stooping to get under the doorframe. Do you know where Phil Lockerbie lives? He asked me, visibly annoyed. This is the address we have on file. I just double-checked. Who is we? I asked, getting a little bit more comfortable around the personification of death itself. Scott immediately walked over and picked up the wooden sword off the ground. We as in hell. He started swinging the sword around again like a child pretending to be a Power Ranger. I just want to point out how disgusting it is. You're still sitting in your puddle. Do you know where Phil Lockerbie lives? 
I got out of bed and I pulled a fresh pair of underwear out of my dresser and I walked to the bathroom to change. Look, I'm just going to splash some cold water on my face and when I go back in there, he'll be gone, I thought to myself. Two minutes later, with my new undies on, I walked back into my room to find Scott sitting in my armchair flipping through one of my Stephen King novels. It really is insane how much this guy gets right. (laughs) I heard Scott mutter to himself, I wonder if he knows anybody. I cleared my throat to announce my presence. Scott looked up from the book and asked again, Do you know where Phil Lockerby lives? I did know. He lived across the street from me. He was the first neighbor I met when I moved in two days ago. If I told him, though, would Phil die? If I didn't tell him, would he take my soul as a replacement? What if he knew I was lying? He lives across the street from me, in the house with the green roof. 448. 448, Scott said, exasperated. Eights always look like threes. That's my bad. So, uh, what, what happens now? I asked, feeling all the guilt in the world bubbling up inside me. I wanted to throw up. You change your sheets, and I pop over across the street, and I drag Phil's soul to hell. He stood up from the armchair and picked the sword back up. Uh, Can I keep this? Bro, no, I I like that sword. Scott pointed the sword in my direction. I am not man, woman, or even human. And in retaliation for your misgendering me so flippantly, I'm taking it. See you in 43 years. Again, he fell directly through my bedroom floor, this time taking my sword with him. I did change my sheets, but I didn't go back to sleep. I sat on the front porch of my house for five hours, and I watched Phil's house across the street. I heard his wife's screams at 7.43. The ambulance arrived at 8.01. Heart attack. Well, I guess I have 43 years left, and right now, I don't know what to do with them. I think I need to try to get in contact with Stephen King. And that was an upvoted no-sleep story by O.P. Mr. Beef Thighs. Sweet dreams.